This is the PMP Industry Insider Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome out to another episode of the PMP Industry Insider Podcast, where we take a look at what is changing in the industry and we take you to the front lines that, that are driving, to those that are driving those changes in the industry. As always, my name is Donnie Shelton, owner of Triangle Pest Control, Triangle Lawn Care, as well as the CEO of Comart, Digital Marketing and Sales Services for the pest and lawn industries. And with me, as always, is Mr. Dan Gordon. Dan, would you like to say hello? Hello, everyone. Dan Gordon, PCO Bookkeepers, PCO MA Specialists. Uh, fractionalized CFO, um, exit planning services, as everyone knows. Very exciting topic today. Um, Donnie, if you would like to introduce our guest, since you are uh, good friends with him and uh, he is one of your followers. I would not say a follower. I, that almost sounds like I'm, I'm some sort of religious uh, figurehead here, which I am not. But I will say this. So today we are talking about. Come on, there is a Donnie cult, you know. There no, is there is Donnie. not. There is not. Absolutely not. So today we're talking about digital marketing, a topic that is near and dear to my heart. And we're bringing on uh, Jay Stalls, who's the senior SEO manager at Comarch, and he does a fantastic job uh, for Comarch. He's been with us since 2016. He now oversees the broad SEO strategy for all of our clients. Um, Jay is from North Carolina. He graduated from NC State, go Wolfpack, as did I. Still lives in Raleigh. Uh, and we're talking about digital marketing beyond the website. So, you know, I thought this topic would be fantastic to do because, you know, oftentimes, you know, I hear two, I get two main questions when I'm out in the field or I'm out at conferences and I talk to folks and, and, and they go like this. Number one is, should I still do SEO? Like, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I've got pay-per-click. Like, does, does it even matter to do SEO? So that, that's one question I get very, very often, um, people questioning the validity of doing, of doing SEO. And then, you know, the second one <clears throat> is, well, you know, I've got my website looking pretty good. Is there anything else I really need to do? And so we thought it'd be a great idea to bring Jay out and get his perspective and you know what he thinks and and jay i have not allowed i've not formally allowed you to talk here yet but i want to say welcome out to the podcast and it's great to have you on yeah thank you happy to be here so let's let's roll right into this topic and let's let's first before we get into i mean we obviously have a few questions that we want to ask you i want to just lead out with this main question i get all the time which is you know is it important for me to still do SEO? And I'm really curious to hear your thoughts on that. Now, obviously I know SEO is kind of your thing and you're probably gonna be a little biased on this. Maybe, maybe not, I'm not for sure. But, you know, people, a, a lot of clients, um, a lot of potential clients, a lot of, a lot, a lot of, you know, service company owners, you know, with the amount of money that they are now spending or having to spend on the paid side because it's become so competitive, they're like, well, is it really important for me to do SEO? And so I really wanted to get your perspective. Let's start with that question and we can kind of delve into what that all means, but just your perspective on that big picture. Yeah, I I think if you have deep enough pocket, pockets, it is viable to scale your business just through ads. Uh, but as I think a lot of companies have seen, you might kind of hit a limit with the amount of money you can spend in a given market and you might not hit your sales 
goals. Uh, but I think something that that's interesting is the majority of clicks are still going uh, through organic channels, even though as the SERP or search engine results page starts to look um, really dominated by ads, especially on mobile, as you are any search, you know, the first things, especially on mobile, you see are going to be, um, they're going to be ads and multiple different types of ads. Uh, but I think people, they don't even know they're doing it. They kind of just scroll past the ads. Um, I do it. Uh, people that I try to explain that, no, the ads are highly relevant. Uh, it makes no sense for businesses to be wasting money on ads. Like you should click on the ads. You're going to have a good user experience. People still just skip them. They see that little black like ad icon and they just skip it. Um, but the majority of traffic is still going, going to ads. I know there was a, a more recent, I mean, it was this month, um, a click-through rate study on, I believe it was tens of thousands of different uh, Google search engine results pages. And when it was just your traditional Google ads and then organic traffic below, uh, two thirds of all clicks were going to the first three organic results. Um, I know with Google local services, there's a little, it changes a little bit, about 10% of traffic goes to Google local services. Um, but you throw the local pack or the map pack in. So the three results with the map that you see whenever you're searching for a local business, uh, that's taking anywhere from 40 to 50% of the traffic. Uh, and again, that's organic traffic. Um, so in terms of, is it necessary to still be doing SEO? I think if you're serious about growing your business, um, you kind of have to have to be there because the majority of the people aren't going to be clicking on the ads. Well, let's, let's talk a little bit about the, the monetary ramifications of that, right? Cause I mean, the, the fact is, is on, and by the way, I'm not a paid hater. I do paid ads just like everyone else. And I do SEO as well. Um, on my service company side, but you know, when I look at what I spend on paid versus what I spend on SEO, there is a massive difference there. And and I'll let you all guess as to which one I'm spending more money on annually, <laughs> but it's kind of weird, right? Because the fact is, I mean, given what you've just said and, and, you know, what we see in the data, that's not, you know, paid still does not, hold a candle to the amount of traffic that SEO does. And so I guess my question to you is, is um, when you look at like someone who has, let's just say it's a $2 million company and their budget is say 200 grand, what percent do you feel like of their budget should be dedicated to paid versus SEO? Like how much should they be investing in each? We obviously Donnie, know the let's, let's, let's let's talk about what what do you spend so people think that SEO is kind of free except for maybe maybe a management fee. Obviously, pay per clicks pretty easy to quantify. Okay, I'm 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 going to pay this much for a click and whatnot. But what is the expenditure that you make to do SEO? So if I'm going to spend ten thousand dollars and you tell me forty percent on SEO and sixty percent on paid or whatever, what is that forty percent being used? Uh, up, what 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 is it that 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 we're buying for the forty percent? Yeah, so for it, I mean, it's a lot of 
people's time really that that you're buying and the work that they're doing uh so it's less like you said it's easy to know where your dollars are going with with ppc or any type of ads because you know exactly where you spend everything uh and with seo it's a little trickier so you're paying for people to write content you're paying for people to optimize your website or do stuff off your website um like backlink building and managing local citations if that's something they're doing um so all of that stuff really just takes time it's covering covering the time that it takes to do those tasks uh so it's a little harder it's just harder to quantify another kind of wrench that's thrown into into things is not everything that's necessary to do for seo is necessarily going to drive leads initially and that's where things get tricky because with paid everything is focused on either brand awareness or driving leads but with seo there's a lot of just technical aspects on the website that you have to work on things like that that initially it's not like oh i'm doing this to drive more leads it's it's a longer game and so i think that's where things get a little tricky so so getting back to the original question if you let's just say you're okay i'm going to dedicate 10 percent of my budget i'm not suggesting that you do this but let's just i'm making the math easy here i'm two million dollar company i got 200 grand do you do you split your budget like you would like the you know where traffic is going okay i'm going to give 40% to paid and 60% to SEO. I mean, what, and, and I don't know how much you get into like budgeting and, but, but, you know, I, I mean, I look at, I am never going to rank against Orkin period. Just not going to happen. Right. And, and I'm never going to outspend Orkin on paid either. So I have to find a way to compete with them. What, um, what do, I, I guess my question coming back to this is, I mean, what do you recommend people? How do they, how do they decide where they spend their money? Like, what do you feel like is the best use of their money? Obviously, I think there's a blend of the two, but thoughts on that? Yeah, uh, I don't think there's a clear and concise answer. Everyone in the SEO industry jokes that every answer for SEO is it depends, um, but it's it's kind of true in a lot of cases. I think you need to really understand your market, which I know most business owners will, uh, and understand the size of each market you're trying to target and looking at the competition on the SERP. So if you're in a much smaller market, you may just have those more local companies that are targeting that because Orkin, uh, Terminex, they're targeting pretty much every market, but not those smaller markets. You can get away with, with competing in those. Uh, not to say you're not going to outrank those companies in, in some of the bigger markets. Uh, but it's really hard to nail down a percentage. Uh, I would probably by default say like 25, 75, 25% goes to SEO um, as kind of a starting point, but it also comes back to your cost per leads. Um, and if you're happy with your cost per lead from an SEO standpoint and you're happy with your lead volume, then I would probably move the rest to PPC or a, a paid channel. Hey Jay, if you if you look at traditional advertising, would you say that pay-per-click is direct response and SEO is branding? It's a long game. It's it's uh, you know, would would you kind of make that comparison because a lot of people don't want to spend money on billboards, TVs, 
radio and whatnot, but you do see the bigger companies do it and it's a whole branding play. Yeah, I think, uh, I don't know if I would consider SEO brand. There's definitely an aspect of it. I think writing blogs, there's a big benefit from the SEO side in terms of helping your overall website, um, which we can get into more later. But um, I think blogs also do just simply help with brand awareness. Uh, as long as you're writing content that's targeting your market and you're just not writing broad content that anyone is going to find because it really doesn't help your brand if people are finding your site in a state you don't service. Um, but I think, I mean, just the obvious benefit of traditional, not traditional, but uh, what I call like traditional Google ads um, or anything like that is it's just a shortcut. Like you are going if you have the budget, you're going to show up and that's really um, that's really appealing. And it's it's convenient because SEO does. It just takes a long time and there's really no estimate. We can spin up a site and depending on the market, it might rank pretty quickly. And then in more competitive markets, it can it can take years before you really start seeing movement. And from a business owner, I get that's really frustrating. Um, so I get why people just kind of want to spend more money and and PPC, and I really don't blame them. How do you well, how do you differentiate yourself? So the the biggest question that I get is kind of okay, we're all in. So so our business, our our accounting business, we we were accountants for pest control companies. So it's pretty easy for us to do SEO because there aren't a whole lot of people doing what we're doing. But we've got you know 10, 15 pest control companies in the market, and everybody kills carpenter ants. Everybody uh, has a termite pro. How do you differentiate yourself in these blogs and or the SEO uh, as opposed to just bidding on words, which which seems like it, it it's a it's a it, it it's a very expensive proposition. But how can you differentiate yourself when everybody's doing exactly the same thing? Yeah, I think a big part is this sounds very simple, but doing it better. Uh, there's if you look at a lot of websites, they're they're still bad websites, uh, at least from my perspective. Um, so writing better content, making sure the company is more ingrained in their local market. So getting getting other local websites linking to their website, um, generating more reviews. Uh, yeah, it, it's really just trying to do things better than the other companies. And from if you're competing directly with the local companies, it's usually not so hard. Where it gets tough is competing with those those big corporations. Well, Jay, you, you said something that I wanna I wanna make sure that we repeat here, especially for our listeners, because it's it's a it's something I see very often and I feel like we need to we need to make sure people understand it. It's not about volume of content. Right. What Jay said was really good content. Uh, you know, some people get on this SEO train and they think, oh, I'm just going to pump out content left and right. Well, if it's crappy content, it's not it's not actually helping you. Um, so I just think that's really, I want to highlight what you just said, because I think that's really important for for folks to understand. So so let's switch gears here briefly and let's before talk about that. Donnie, but before you do that, are there tools to measure how good your content or is? I mean, Donnie, you made a great point, right? If, if you're just not putting out swaths of content, but how do I know that my content is better than the next guy's who's better than the next guy? Are, are there tools to, to, to rate it? 
It's a little tricky just to rate it like page to page. Uh, there are definitely tools that compare things that are slightly outdated practices. Like uh, it's not so much keyword density, like how much a keyword is mentioned, but there are tools that will scrape the top 10 results or the top 100 results, but that's not super helpful. So let's just say the top 10 results for any keyword you're trying to target. And then it'll compare all those pages and that content and just look for trends. How long is that content? Um, is, are there, are you mentioning all the same keywords they're mentioning? So less about, are you mentioning pest control 20 times and more about like, you didn't say pest control company at all on this page. And that's something that a lot of people are going to search. Um, and so there's tools like that, which offer one aspect. Uh, but something that we do that I know other agencies, I guess other company, I guess Colmarch is direct competitors. Uh, what I've seen that they, they're not doing as much is reevaluating the content after it's live on the website. So launch it, let it collect data because we can see everything that that page is showing up for in the SERP. So everything that someone has searched that our page shows up, not even on the first page, it can show up on the 10th page. And that gives us a lot of data on how can we improve this page? Oh, we didn't optimize at all for this keyword. And it's one of the most searched things that we're showing up for. So let's kind of retool our content, rework it to target those keywords. Um, so it's more so right out of the gate, you're not always going to hit a home run with, with content, um, no matter how much keyword research you do. But typically, if you can go back, look at the data that your site has collected and rework that content to get better results. I think the critical point to be made here, though, and getting back to Dan's question is, you know, back in the day, you could manipulate the algorithm fairly easily. The factors that were used in the algorithm were pretty well known and pretty easily manipulated. It's okay. I'm going to have a keyword density of, you know, I don't know what the percent is, right? But I'm going to, I'm going to stuff it full of keywords. I'm going to get some inbound links and voila, you know, what we are seeing with the algorithm is that Google has gotten pretty sophisticated and it really is getting to a point now where the content really has to be good. I mean, have you ever seen or been in a market where there's this, there's this, keyword that you're going after and there's this person that's like half your size as far as, and they're outranking everyone and you know and everyone's like why the hell is that happening like what's going on and the fact is is that people are finding that content more useful than what and it's got nothing to do with the size of your business and so i just i think going back to jay's point you know there is this going back and reevaluating and trying to understand like how do we make this more useful because you know it just the game of trying to manipulate, the, I mean, we're all are trying to show better, but the fact is, is that you got to do it the right way. Now you can't just say, well, I'm going to stuff it full of keywords and put some inbound links and voila. And meanwhile, you know, your content's not very useful or people aren't finding it very useful. So, so getting back, you mentioned a few things there, Jay, about, you know, you kind of started down this road of ranking factors uh, or things that can help your SEO. Can you talk a little bit about, what are the top ranking factors? Like, you know, obviously I realize this is a moving target. It's 2022. And I'm sure that if someone listens to this podcast a year from now, it will be different. But what do you consider to be kind of the top ranking factors now if someone's trying to be better in SEO? 
Yeah, what's what's interesting is since I have started doing SEO, the answer hasn't changed, but what that answer means has changed. So it is still content and backlinks, two biggest ranking factors. But what good content means and what good backlinks mean is what has changed. And that's what will continue to change. And it changes at such a like slow pace. It's just little incremental changes uh, that you don't, you don't almost notice it at, at first. But if you look back to what you're doing five years ago, what you're doing today is very different. So going back to the point of just what good content means, um, it's no longer, like you said, creating a bunch of just creating a bunch of city pages and calling it a day, a bunch of pages targeting pest control in Raleigh, pest control in Charlotte. Like you can't just do that anymore. You have to create, um, there's a lot more, I guess, like topic clustering is what people call it. So creating that city page might be what's called like your pillar page. Um, and then you're building supporting content around. So if you're really trying to go in on, on pest control Raleigh, because I worked for trying or on triangle pest control site for so long, that's my default. Every time is talking about <laughs> pest control Raleigh. Um, so if you're trying to target pest control Raleigh, you need to have supporting content, usually in the form of just blog content about anything someone may be interested in when it comes to pest control in Raleigh. Not just, we don't need to create blogs about the top five parks in Raleigh because it's related to Raleigh. That stuff doesn't work anymore. It did five, seven years ago. Um, but you need to create like an information hub. And that's where it's really changed over the years. You can't just pump out a bunch of city pages and call it a day. Like you really have to create valuable content for the user and that's what's going to help um so that's kind of what good content now looks like and it's it's less about just one good page uh google it was somewhere around uh, fall of 2019 google's algorithm changed to where it's more about your overall website's content quality so if you have 500 blogs and only 50 blogs are driving any traffic you're better off deleting the other 450 because those are actively weighing down your performance across the site, um, which was another so, big change. So like you said, no longer pumping out a bunch of content. So when people look at uh, doing these, you know, one of the most challenging things that I hear is, uh, okay, so you can create this Raleigh page, which is great, but what about the town next to Raleigh, right? The same information, you, you you know, you kill the bugs the same way, you, you do that. So do you do separate pages? And what I've heard is, well, Google doesn't like that. They don't like du duplicative uh, content. Or do you create this one page and put all the city names on that page within your blog, you know, uh, being mindful that, that you're not just stuffing it with uh, with words? What's, what's the best way to do that? So we still see that city pages, individual pages work well, where I think you get in trouble is if you're getting too granular and you're creating way too many city pages without creating that supporting content around it. Because to Google, your site is just this big sales pitch of all these different city pages, kind of landing pages, and there's no helpful content on your site. Um, and I think that's an easy place to end up because you're you're so focused on we need to bring in leads. So let's keep targeting more markets. And it's hard to say, no, let's step back. Let's create more informational content. It's not going to create as many leads up front. And that's what's tough. But 
over time, it's going to pay off. It's going to start to build up. But on the flip side, we've definitely seen just this is something we're we're re-looking at kind of constantly, but figuring out could we create one city page that also ranks well in those surrounding smaller markets? So could we create a uh, a Raleigh page that ranks in some of those small surrounding areas? So in this case, Apex, Cary, um, Morrisville. It's tough. I, I think it's doable. Um, but that's something. So that's something we're looking at right now. Is just trying to figure out is that something we can do. So I I want to talk a little bit of a bigger picture here. You know, when we talk about those ranking factors, citations, content, that's good. What does what does reviews do? Reviews play into your ranking factors. Like I'm just thinking about if I'm an owner, I'm an operator. Obviously, reviews are something that I can somewhat control, right? I mean, I can create a strategy and try to get more reviews from our customers. Is it worth it? And and does it have an impact on SEO? Yeah. So especially for your Google, what's now called Google Business Profile, formerly Google My Business. Uh, so what your Google Business Profile, uh, like I mentioned at the beginning, the local pack takes 40, 50% of the clicks when that feature is showing up in the SERP. Um, and reviews is a huge piece of that, specifically the quantity of reviews, uh, less so the review, the average like star rating. Uh, mm -hmm. it, it's more about the, the total amount of reviews. And I could be wrong, but I know uh, there's a company called White Spark that is a, uh, they make tools. We use them for keyword tracking, um, but there's, they specifically work with uh, local SEO. So people that are searching, um, they just build tools specifically for that type of search. Um, people searching for something in a specific area. And they put out a review of the top local ranking factors for, at the end of 2021, they released it. And I think reviews uh, for Google business profiles made up, it was like 17% of your, I guess, SEO. Um, reviews were, that's a big chunk. Um, that's definitely a big enough chunk that you go out and you you get a lot of quality reviews. That's going to move the needle. What about Facebook reviews versus Google reviews versus Bing reviews versus all the different ones? What, uh, you know, Google's the the big gorilla, but is, is is that the best one to have? Yeah, I mean, in terms of showing up in the SERP, um, I think the Google reviews is where you need to focus. Uh, but yeah, the Bing reviews, there's a, a decent amount of people out there still using Bing. Um, so if you want to spend for every 10 you send to Google, if you send one to Bing or one to Facebook, I think that's valuable. Um, I don't do too much on social, so I'm really not sure how much people are really using Facebook pages still. I would think as as business owners, y'all may see you're you're maybe getting leads from Facebook um, without doing you know Facebook advertising, but just doing just people going to your Facebook page. I'm not sure how often that's actually happening, but I don't think from an SEO perspective that's really going to make much of a difference. So let's just go down a the common path here. We we have, let's say someone comes on board at Coolmarch and you take a look at what they're doing SEO. What 
What are some common things that you see folks doing wrong when it comes to SEO? Uh, I mean, just common pitfalls. And I'm not, by the way, this is not to bash anyone or any company. It's more of just like, hey, if I'm, I'm looking at kind of like, I want to go back, I want to look at my site. Are, are there some basic things that you see that are pretty common that folks, they dork up or they don't quite, you know, they could do it a lot better with just some basic things. Any, anything there that you see that folks are doing wrong or it could be done better or something common, I guess, that you see? Yeah. Uh, one of the things that we see a lot, especially when uh, people come over with a full blog role, so they have a lot of content on their site, it's usually the content has so much potential, it's horribly optimized. And it's not even something that's very like very difficult to learn. It's when we onboard a new person, that's week one stuff. Like by week two, they are, they're working through that content on their own. Um, but they're just, they're not using just simple things. Uh, so when you're looking at a blog and you're gonna see kind of the headline of that section, and then the the content beneath it, they're not using keywords in the headline. It's just, or it's, they're not even putting in headlines. It's it's very simple stuff. Um, like I said, you can really read a blog about it, how to optimize a page, and you'll probably find all the information you need. And people, they're just not doing it. And I love to see that because we can take it and just we'll port that content over and rework it. Um, we'll look at the data in Google Search Console that I mentioned earlier, where it, it collects the data uh, for all the times your page is showing up in the SERP. We'll use that data, rework it, and a lot of times we can see that traffic just take off. Um, and having really strong performing content across your site, that's going to boost your other pages. Um, so if you have a handful of blogs that are driving a ton of traffic, that's going to help your city pages rank better. Uh, because your overall website content quality is improving. Is there a tool that you could look at, like what the quality of your website is? Like, is there somewhere you can go and put your website in, and it and it give you kind of? Uh, I, I mean, I realize there's probably nothing truly definitive, right? Google's pretty uh, secretive about everything that they look out and how they rank pages. But is there something where someone could go and say, "Hey, what's the quality of my site?" Is there someone someone could go and just kind of see that? I think it's a little trickier than that, but it's doable. Uh, you, there's a tool called Ahrefs. It's spelled A-H-R-E-F-S. Um, and in Ahrefs, you can set up a, just a free, I don't think you need to put in your credit card, but set up like a free trial. Um, and you can run your website through it and then look at your top pages. And if you know roughly how many pages you have on your website, you kind of look, you count your city pages, you see how many blogs, add 20 and that's probably close to how many pages you have on your site. Um, and then you put your website into Ahrefs and look at your top pages. They're estimating how much traffic your each page is getting. And if you're seeing that 90% of your traffic is coming from two or three pages and you have a ton of pages that Ahrefs is estimating you have zero traffic, uh, that's a great indicator that your content quality is not very good. Um, yeah. All right. Cool. All right. We're getting we're getting close to the end here. There's I want to ask one more question here and and give it to Dan to see if he has any final closing thoughts as well. But what can business owners do on their own to help their SEO? Let's just say I have a limited budget, or you know, um, you know, I'm 
I, I really am just from a strategy perspective, you know, obviously I don't think most owners are going to go in and start doing backlinks. I would guess that most of them are not going to write content, but just from an overall strategy perspective, what could, what can owners do to help boost their own SEO? Yeah, I think like you mentioned earlier, really owning a review generation program, um, drilling it into your text. I know texts have a lot of stuff to do, um, but if you can make that part of their everyday, each job they're, they're asking for reviews, um, that's something that, like I said earlier, it moves the needle. It makes a difference uh, kind of in the, in the same vein, uh, taking pictures, adding pictures to your Google business profile um, and just taking when tech sees something interesting. Uh, I've heard of a company doing like most interesting picture, I guess, award for their text through. I don't know if it's monthly or quarterly, but when you see something interesting, take a picture. That type of stuff goes a long way on your website. Uh, I think it just creates so such a better user experience when you see real pictures versus stock photos. I believe it it's going to help your site convert better. And it's not that hard. Everyone has a phone. Most people have a phone these days that takes really good pictures. Uh, so if you see something interesting, take a picture, upload it to your Google business profile. Because um, people like to see that stuff as well. Uh, you know, keeping it not not too too gross or anything like that. But in general, people find that stuff interesting. Um, something uh, something a little more two things that I think of that I would love to see companies do more. Now it starts to get harder for maybe the smaller companies to do these things. So budget starts to come into play, but the companies that I see doing this one thing really well, uh, their SEO is also usually really good and it's focusing on community building, uh, really getting involved in your local community. Uh, there, there's multiple benefits of it. You're improving your brand awareness. Uh, I don't think it's a good idea to do charity for the sake of improving your SEO. I think it should be a little more genuine, but <laughs> you're going to get yes. backlinks, uh, from sponsoring, uh, sponsoring those local events in your community, just getting involved in different ways. Uh, we have several clients that they take that very seriously. They're involved in a ton of stuff and they're also winning awards for, the best pest control business in their market because people know their brand, people like their brand. Uh, and I think a lot of people, they're just so focused in the day-to-day -day, and I don't blame them. Uh, it's a tough job, but companies that can take, you know, section out just a little piece of their data, focus on community building, I think is a huge thing. So one question that I have that, that you just brought up and I was gonna bring it up before, uh, but I guess we're going a little out of order. This whole backlinking thing, who do you backlink to? Okay, so you're doing a charitable event. That's, I mean, do you go to the Chamber of Commerce? Do you, who, who, you know, Little League? I mean, what, who, who, who are the backlinks that you would suggest that a pest control or lawn care company uh, try to put on their website? And how do you embed it? Yeah, so that's something that has changed. Um, a lot over the years is what's considered like a good backlink. So a backlink is getting a website to link to your website. That's where it's uh, it, it's basically, to, that's part of Google's algorithm is looking at who's linking to who and understanding, think of each backlink as almost like a review or a thumbs up saying, I approve of this, this website. Um, 
And what has changed over the years is getting getting a backlink from a huge national uh, news publication or anything like that is still great, but getting those local links has become really valuable. Uh, and so when you sponsor an event, if you sponsor some like charity run 5K or anything like that, that gets news coverage, uh, a lot of times they're linking to the sponsors in those those press releases and the news coverage. And so you're getting links from maybe your local news or from that charity website, which is to Google connected to a local area. Um, and that's where you start to get the value of having a lot of local, uh, I don't just, a lot of local proof that you are where you say you are. You are a Raleigh company because there's a lot of Raleigh related websites linking to you. That's that's really important. It's not you linking to their website, it's them linking to you. Is, yes, is that and that's what's so difficult is you have to convince someone yep. to link. That's where just traditional right. link building, just blindly reaching out to people, uh, hopefully not blindly, but reaching out to people, people don't want to link. If someone reaches out to me, I don't want to give them a link. Like they have to convince me. And that's, that's tough to do. Right. Well, Jay, this has been a fantastic conversation. Um, and just want to thank you for coming on to the podcast. I, I, I have learned a few things from, <laughs> from, from listening to you and Dan, any, any final thoughts or questions before we wrap up here, before we let Jay go? I think that this has been excellent. And these are the questions that we get all the time. We, you know, the, the, the digital marketing landscape is changing day to day. And um, everybody wants to find the holy grail. And it, it, there is no holy grail. And, um, you know, it, it, it's just really good to get good information. And uh, you provided us some terrific information. So thanks so much. Yeah. Awesome. You're welcome. This was fun. Well, folks, you did it. You got to another, uh, well, got through another episode of the PMP Industry Insider Podcast. Just as a reminder, um, there will be a write-up of our today's uh, notes for this show on pmpindustryinsider.com. We'll also reference probably a couple of the websites that you heard, like HREF. And as always, <clears throat> if you enjoyed this episode or any of our episodes, please remember to rate and review us. And with that, we're signing off. We'll see you all next time. Thanks again, Jay. You guys take care.